One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust proof stainless steel hardware, weather ready teak, and quick dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com/acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com/acast. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P. And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going. So it opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are on that. We're trying hard to make it true, but it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know, and it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today because, like, I, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. So I was at home on my couch yesterday, um, lads. I was half thinking of going over to the football match in Amore Park and then I saw the clouds and I saw the wind started battering off the window and I said, hey, forget about that. I'm watching Claire and Leash in the hurling. And that was it. I had a choice between two. I was watching it though, JJ, thinking, how on earth do you hurl in conditions like that? Like, I mean, the first half was just dreadful. It was sheeting rain. There was a bit of snow at one point. There was... Uh, really really strong wind down one end of the field and it was bitter cold that's phenomenal like you know it's just very very hard to get your, your bearings really more than anything you know you get you could get a slap in the hand now five minutes into the game and you mightn't feel your hand for the rest of the half you know what I mean it's just even heard on the on league, league sport there last night that uh, the least has went for a shower at half time that's the first time I've ever heard that kind of warm the bodies back up again I've never heard that before but it sounds like a fantastic idea yeah yeah I thought yeah I wonder now would it would it drain them without the warm water you know the kind of way just yeah. wonder would it work back but no I've never heard that like that before like, fair enough you change you do your change your jersey but you go back out and feel in you're, you're going to be cold and wet again you know the kind of way but it's very yeah. very hard it's your hands are, are the worst part you see the goalies every break of play they're clapping their hands getting their blood circulating in their hands but yeah it, it's it's not worse now when you get a slap in the hand a cold day it's, you have it for the for the, two, the next yeah. two or three days well, so, yeah. well I've never played hurling really outside of my garden or that or whipping whipping around killing breaking flowers and <laughs> weeds and stuff <laughs> but uh, I've played golf enough Damien to know that when it's freezing cold and the rain is pelting down like I can't grip the golf club you have to end up going into the clubhouse you're, you're kind of done I can't imagine what you can't exactly do that on a, hur- on a hurling field Yeah it's very it's very difficult uh, Colin because you have to remember your hands are getting wet and your hands are getting extremely cold right but then the whole thing is with your grip your grip then gets soaking wet as well and next thing it gets very hard to grip it and your hands start sliding it and then it gets the, the quality of the game as well really deteriorates, especially in conditions like that. But just on the conditions, Colm, I thought it was a disgrace that any games were on yesterday. Like, especially when there were so many of them called off. Why didn't they just well, call it. them all off? They call, call them all off and just have them all on 
on the same weekend whether it's going to be two or three weeks down the line and I hear them on the Sunday game saying for example that you know that everything might go back a week now which will affect the club season in April you know I just thought yesterday was a joke even the quality of the hurling like fair play to the players for going out and giving it their all everything but the managers as well that have like for example the Clare Leash game like what did both managers learn from their team apart from the boys having heart and bravery and all that sort of stuff very very little no yeah. more than the Wexford Kilkenny game but the conditions were just terrible I was really surprised at the games went ahead. Some of them called off and some of them not called off. It wasn't fair on some of the players. Well, I think that is, that is a point because if two were called off, they're going to have to find a weekend for anyway. them anyways. Yeah, and yeah. The, the, the thing is, they're, they're going to do it like they did last year and the, the league final will be a double header with the football. Mm. I don't see why that's not done anyways. Neither yeah. are big enough to fill Croke Park. Yeah. Why not play the two of them on the same day? Yeah, do you know, yeah, like, no, I mean, and that's on the 29th of March. You're not going into April anyways. Yeah. So there's no big panic here. Yeah. I do agree with Damien. There would be no harm if you're calling two big games off to call all of them off, JJ. Yeah, yeah, no, it makes sense because you're going to have to come out to player welfare is, is the main thing about it. Like, you know what I mean? I saw Damien rightly said, they fulfilled the fixtures there yesterday. Did anyone l- learn nothing about it? Or imagine trying to make your debut, you're trying to make a team and you know, play a master yesterday. Especially if you're a forward. Back's fair enough. You can get away with it. Like, but as a forward, you're trying to get, win the ball in heavy conditions, wet ball, and if a gale force wins against you, you're tr- you might only get a first half. You mightn't even touch the ball you might be took off at half time or 10 minutes into the second half you don't get a right crack at it at all you know what I mean for players confidence as well alone like you need to get a proper run in a, in a dry day there as well like you know so no I was just kind of thinking that yesterday now it wasn't a day for who who enjoyed it the sports didn't enjoy it the players certainly didn't enjoy it either like you know you're sitting down there for a sport you're freezing watching the yeah. game there as well you're playing in just to fulfil a fixture and that's not right either like. yeah spare a thought like I, I, I and it wasn't even an enjoyable game to watch anyways no. it was a hard no. watch Damien wasn't it like I mean and then and it, and it was an interesting column to hear that Eddie Brennan said that some of these players that's going to have a hot shower at half time yeah yeah to try, to try heat up their limbs and their you know like I, I, I remember one time training in really really bad conditions one time right and I remember your hands were so cold that you, when you were going having a shower afterwards, you, it kind of weren't even feeling well. Yeah. You know, so like, and some of these guys are getting a chance to try nail a place or whatever. But I just, I just don't know why they didn't call them off. It just didn't make sense, Colin. Yeah, it 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 like I mean, sure you don't have to play sport to know how cold your hands can get. That mm. actually, the hot water actually hurts your hands. Yeah, yeah even yeah, trying to it, trying yeah. to, it stings mm. them. And like, is there no gloves ever trialed in hurling, or you just look like you just looked at upon as a softy <laughs> if you if you were to wear? Is there no kind of light glove that might keep the wind out of them? You know that? It, no, but didn't you? Your, your sleeves. Some of like, you know. like I know. Don't look music used to wear a glove in the goals for catching balls, but I, I won't lie to you, Colin. It's it's not. Seen, oh, you, there is the hurling glove, which is for the lad that catches the ball. Like, uh, for example, Johnny Glynn, yeah. uh, where mm. there's no, for example, that's just, yeah, exactly. Just because when they're going up catching the ball, that the worst belt you can get is have is to get a belt across your knuckles, and the possibility then of breaking your knuckles. And I know all about that because my brother broke his knuckles, so he did one one time in a hurling match, so he did, and he was out, he was out basically for two years. But that, there is gloves, but yeah, you have, you're right. The, the Irish mentality that you call wearing a pair of gloves playing hurley that you're a softy like that, you know. So, um, and that's that's the truth of it is, you know, where if you were talking to the diehards, uh, you wouldn't be wearing gloves, you know. But um, it's like the diehards still don't like the lads wearing the bicycle shorts or the white pair of runners or the white boots or whatever like that. But no, there is there's, there is a glove, but no one uses them. 
Right. Oh, there is. Oh, there is. A, but there is an actual glove, is there, JJ? I, to I be, thought. Yeah, there is one out in America, but there's something that you have to be using all the time to get used to. It. Like you know, like, you, know, you wouldn't just put on for one game. It would be a very light glove. Very light. Yeah, but right. then, sure, a very light glove it wouldn't really keep out a huge amount either. You know, like, you know, because you still need your flexibility and closure in your hand That's as quickly as possible, or even catch it with your fingers. A lot of people catching fingers rather than the actual hand with the hand herself as well. Like so, you need a certain amount of flexibility there as well, and a glove that. Within will which allow your hand to be flexible probably wouldn't give you too much protection but either. Would, like. would there ever be a point, JJ? You're in there, especially at full back, right? Because you're not. You, you, there are parts of the game that you're not in, yeah. and it's it's that cold out. Are you thinking if a ball comes down here, I'll struggle to clear this on? Well, that's it. Yeah, you're trying to hand pass it. You ever see any, any backs? I lose hand pass it like really. The backs would get away with, but the forwards have to actually get the ball, turn around, and go shoot for the goal and get a lot of power behind it. If you feel sorry for him, really playing yeah. against games, that, especially you know you're coming into the match yesterday. I'm going to be under savage pressure in one and a half and I'll have a piece of cake for the second half you know what I mean because the wind is going so long that you will be under pressure from even the keeper's puck out you see it yesterday that and Darren Brennan was hitting it to his own 45 whereas Mark Fanning was hitting it landed on the 21 like you're not know, a kind of way so that's to the two extremes but you know you're going to be under savage pressure for one half and then yeah. you might even touch ball for the second half you know and that, yeah. that's not right either like yeah I don't, I don't, I don't know Damien have you ever felt like that that if, if a ball comes in here I, I actually I wouldn't be I'm not, I'm not fit to strike it my hands are so cold God has happened, of course it has. Oh, jeez, definitely. Like, your your body is so cold that you're rising the ball. And then when you, when the ball does come into your column, and you'll probably be able to vouch for this as being a corner forward type player, you're in there so long, you haven't touched the ball in five, ten minutes. Next thing, the one ball comes into your head height, your hand is absolutely freezing, you've got to catch and you miss it. And, yeah. and next thing, all of a sudden, next thing, maybe two or three minutes later, take off that, that he's used to. Yeah. You know, and your hand is... No, but we'd wear gloves, you see. Like, you know, and you would have that bit of protection. I'm just thinking there would be, it would be out of the question that I would play a game in those conditions without gloves. Do you know what I mean? I, I just couldn't, can't comprehend yeah. having to uh, have you, that. You, 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 it's a case, once again, as Jay just said, you'd have to get used to it, Colin. Yeah. It's like, it's like wearing a pair of shin guards, right? And if you know you're going out playing a, a dirty team or you're going to be marking lads that's, that's going to lower the blade, you can't just find a pair of shin guards for the game and next thing to say, oh, that'd be fine. It's, yeah, it's, you have to get used to You have to get used to It's like when the helmets came out compulsory. Like there was lots of lads like Dan Shannon, uh, Don Lokusic, all these guys that never wore helmets before, Kim McGrath, you know, and yeah. they had to readjust and get used to wearing the helmet. Mm. So it's not just a case of just, it's it's a fu- it's funny, but everything everything within reason. But lads don't wear gloves in the J in the hurling circles because I think a lot of it is that it's not seen as proper in the J hurling world. And if you do wear, we'll say a glove out the field, basically you're trying to tell me just to keep your hand warm, you will be considered as a time. <laughs> well, it's a, don't they wear snoods in soccer and the whole lot? Like they really keep themselves warm. If I was playing hurling, I'd wear shin guards. I'd wear helmets. They don't want to- they don't want the J and the soccer to be compared, especially hurling. They just they don't. Yeah, DJ Carey wore shin guards regularly, yeah. didn't he? But like, uh, and two hands, two took gloves, <laughs> two gloves. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd wear, he was just, that was pregnant himself. He took. I'd a wear lot the elbow pads the that you wear for skateboarding and the knee even pads like, uh, and the whole lot. The like hockey goalies there, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> padded out there full forward. But that's it. But even substitutes coming on, like I mean, think of ho- what they were like. Yeah, I remember Mickey Lawler giving me a great bit of advice years ago. Um, we we're both on the sub bench, and he was wearing runners, and he he made a point. Now it probably doesn't apply now because there's a lot of blades and stuff like that. He wore runners because he said your feet get freezing on the bench because the cold goes up through your studs and into your onto your feet. You weren't on the bench too often JJ so you, you know you weren't either Damien and I like to think I wasn't but I thought this was fantastic any subs out there listening to this we're, runner, we're yeah. runners on the bench and just 
just to let, just I know that many viewers watch soccer, but Angelotti brought on an Everton player the other day, a sub, right? And he brought him on, and he must be he must be come on too much from because when he came on. He'd only one sock on him, so he'd go back into the dressing room to get a sock. <laughs> I don't know what made that doesn't make sense. Anthony Daly, Anthony Daly said you can't hurl into a wind like that. Credit to the guys for how well they did, but to me, there's no way the games should have been on this weekend. So, and we're all you're yeah, kind of agreeing on this. But then explain to me how Leash played better into the wind, Clare played better into the wind, Carlo on Saturday night played better into the wind, uh, Dublin played better in the second half into the wind. Do you know what I mean? How mm. does that how does that make sense? Now I do it did this is a fact is that the wind died down yesterday in the game with Leash and Clare. Leash got screwed over by Mother Nature. I'm telling you, it just completely... That's the clear nice for you, right? It, dis- it disappeared. It disappeared yeah. in the second half. But I don't know, like a lot of teams did play well into it then, um, JJ. Yeah, because you have to work it. Like, you know what I mean? If you're playing into the wind, a lot of them teams would actually play that run game anyway. So you go, you hit the ball 20 or 30 yards, you have to go again for the for the hand pass because again, the wind, that's just, you won't get the ball into the full far lane. Then... It's an easy, when you fall back, when you have the wind behind your back, it's very easy just to hit it long and get it away from you as quickly as possible because you know it's going to distance. And you might take a shot from 70 or 80 yards, which you shouldn't really take, but you know you're going to make the distance, but you're only hoping the ball will go over the bar there as well. So it's a bit more of a, a team mentality when you're playing against the wind. So right, we all have to work hard here because the elements are against us here as well. So we know we're going to be against us. That's what I said previously. You know for one half you're going to be under pressure and the other half you mightn't be yeah. as a full back for Agamtech. So the whole team has that mentality going out in the first half. We're getting the wind, we're getting the elements here now. So like dig deep and we'll work hard for each other. Like you know that kind of way. So a lot of teams would, would buy into that really. But then when you have the wind behind your back, it's too easy to hit the ball long. You know what I mean? That's and, the thing. And, then, and then it could go wide or, or break into the keeper's hands, come back out as quickly as possible. There as yeah. Well. So there, there is a flip side of that then, obviously, like JJ is saying, Damien, one team raises their game against it because they have to work savagely hard. The other team thinks that the, the wind's going to help them. And it's not always easy to give good ball in with a really strong wind like that. And, and then what happens is there's some awful wayward shooting and then there's aimless balls and then there's stupid shooting. So what you can d- yeah. get is you can get a bad in in the half-back line and the wind behind his back and he'll shoot for long-range points. And often the game plan that the management has put in place to get the ball into the inside line or work the ball along the line, through the line, often goes out the window where lads are shooting from all angles. So sometimes with the wind isn't as rewarding as against the wind and often the team will play better. But yeah, I, I agree with everything that um, JJ is saying there. But with the wind, you can often get players that can be extremely wasteful. Yeah, yeah, with the wind because they're going for pot shots. So that that makes per- that makes perfect sense. So it kind of works. It works, but it's not necessarily the team playing against the wind play better against the wind. The team with the wind isn't yeah. playing that well. Yeah, it's, you know, you're expecting more out of them. Or if you were playing a ball into the full far lane, like you know, with the wind behind you, you're getting it. You're hitting it hard anyway, and the wind will take it on further. You know what I mean? So it's harder for one of the full forwards to actually get the that's get control of the ball really more because the breaks past them, it's going to go out wide. You know, go out over the end line. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's the same in Gaelic football. Teams, it is. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of balls go aimlessly out over the end line in Gaelic football. So we, we, we've 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 discussed this. So this is going what's going to happen is that the 
the the rescheduled games will go on the weekend the quarterfinals were supposed to be on and it's going to be pushed back so instead of the final being on March 22nd the finals on March 29th no big deal who 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 cares this is fine it's a double header like I said and yeah. Croke Park will have more people in there the hurling snobs might even hang around for the football or <laughs> the football snobs depends which one um, is first or which, whoever teams make them but there isn't much wriggle room at this time of no, the year though, especially in the hurling in yeah. football you have two breaks in hurling you only have one yeah. and that comes after week two <laughs> so in week three there's a break and then you're then you're going straight, straight to final through, straight yeah. to final so you have eight games in nine weeks yeah. in, in, at the time of the year where the worst yeah. weather of They're the whole year is now for now on whatever, every year whatever is going to be like this yeah, though yeah it's this time of the year it's elements we're in Ireland like for argument's sake yeah. we, we know this is going to happen but you'd have to give yourself uh, a couple of more weeks to, of, of wiggle room to play around with there as well but they will be nervous now for now on that will because again they'll go back into April again you go back into the clubs and if the clubs aren't playing in April again there'll be absolute war yeah. again because they got away with it a couple of years ago again um, you only play one, one club game it was last year and two years ago and last year they played three club games and they're down for three club games again um, this year but if all depending on how far yeah, it goes yeah. and it goes knocked into April again and there, there would be war again it's too tight it's it is tight. they're packing themselves into a corner again yeah. like, you know what I mean you, need, you have to give yourself two weeks to, to play around with like. so the black card and hurling uh, debate has reared its ugly head I'm sure uh, according to you the hurling people don't want this right but you have an example of Ender Rowland uh, swinging Podge Collins around who's true on goals um, Damien which it, 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 it could easily have been a goal it's not even a penalty it's a free now, Ender Roland got took a, a great option there for his team. He gave away a free instead of a goal. Then you have a situation where Billy Ryan dispossesses Simon Donoghue brilliantly. Now, Simon Donoghue tried his best to trip him with the hurl, didn't. Billy Ryan goes in and scores a goal. If Simon Donoghue had clipped his ankle with that hurl and got him the way he wanted to get him, Billy Ryan doesn't score that goal and it's a point. So, like, there's two clear examples of situations in hurling where that punishment, the the... The, the two fouls were the right thing to do and the attackers are pu- would be punished. That's if, if Simon Donoghue obviously clipped uh, Bill, Billy Ryan. What's your take on it? You see, it gets such bad press in Gaelic football, um, Damien, but hurling referees are not like Gaelic football referees. They don't dish out cards as easily. Maybe they're turning a bit more into them. Yeah. I, do, I think the bad press the black card got at the start in Gaelic football is turning everybody off it. Do you not think uh, uh, there should be a punishment for fouls like this? Well, see, what will happen here now is you're speaking to a forward, right? And I'll have my opinion on it. And JJ is a defender and he'll have his opinion on it. So this is where the big debate, this is where the big debate comes. And I, like, I'll give you an example of something that happened to me. In 2004, we played Kilkenny, so we did down in Turles, and I was calling a forward, Mark and Tommy Walsh. And within the first minute, a ball broke and I won it. And I was straight in on goal and... Tommy basically took me down for the team, which I suppose within the law of the rules, he was right to, and all I won was a free, where Tommy could have nearly been sent off for that challenge, right? But as you said, if the black card was there for, would say, for the, to protect the forward, there wouldn't be so many cynical fouling. And I, I, you know, a part of me would say, look, don't change it. But I can understand what you're saying about the black card regarding um, some challenges. I could, sometimes when you're a forward, column and you get the ball and you're one-on-one with your man right and if you have a fast player to go to take him on it's too easy for the defender just to pull him down yeah it's, and, and it really is so uh, do you know what I'd love you know just to kind of to give you an answer I'd love it to be trialed for a league campaign 
right? Just, you know, just to see. But the argument is, I'm going to, I'm going to say, yeah, I would like to see black cards coming in. And JJ will say, oh, he would like to see black cards coming in, especially for situations like that. But I, 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 there is a lot of cynical foul, and it is coming into play So it is in a, a lot of cases. And that was a brilliant example there with uh, the Kilkenny goal. So it was yesterday that if, if he did clip his legs, all he would have won was a free and maybe a yellow card. And there would be no goal. So... That's, that's my opinion on it. That's the thing, because Brian Cody is vehemently against it. He says, I certainly don't know where it's coming from. It's something that's brought into football, so it has to be brought into hurling then, it seems. I've absolutely no understanding why there's a black card even t- being talked about. The rules are the rules. You're fouled, you get a free. End of story. Hasn't changed. It's hilarious, you know. Why bring it in? But, like, you're fouled, you get a free. Like, what would Brian have said if Billy... Uh, Billy Ryan's goal had you know hadn't have got the goal because he was fouled. Is he happy with that free in that situation? Maybe the situation is this has to be in an attacking situation, yeah. right? The idea that you'd be dishing out black cards in hurling for a foul at the other end of the field—that's yeah. you know—that's yeah. what's scaring people. But you know, a black card and a sin bin for stopping a goal-scoring opportunity would, yeah. would, 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 you, would, mean, would that get hurling people on board? I, I just think that is too big of a jump to do straight away. Go to the black card. Just say for in the Rollins one, why not just give a penalty? Fair enough, he was outside that box, but if he went down in there, he would have scored a goal. Give him a penalty, what's one on one then, rather than bringing in the black card? Like. So if you were running through, if Billy, Billy Ryan was running through and a man clipped him inside the 21, he's ready to take a shot. Give him a penalty rather than a free. Right. Don't I mean not a 21 yard free, an actual penalty. Right. So he still has that goal scoring opportunity. There's still a player. Dunn took what he had for the, for the team, but it's not black carrot either, so he's still on the field. I just think it's a big jump to go to this black car straight away. Why not look at something else rather than just going straight to it? Yeah. Fair enough, it's a really cynical play coming in, and I'd like to see probably over last year's championship how many times a black car would have been. Well, a, call, wouldn't so call, call him. Call him. I have a question here now for JJ. Is, is he speaking about cynical fouling from a defender point of view or from a forward point of view? Because there's no cynical fouling coming from forward. No, from a defender. If, if, if a forward's going through on goal and he has a clear goal scoring opportunity, defender fouls him. If it's outside the 14, but it's inside the 21, give him a penalty. Yeah. A one on one penalty then. He yeah, still yeah. has I, that I goal under, scoring opportunity. I, I understand what you're saying, JJ, and but no the whole argument like. is that there's no, there's no forwards doing cynical fouling, it's only defenders. Well, what, what's your point, Damien? What do you mean by that? My, 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 my point is, like, if there is cynical fouling that is coming into play, and I can't understand the whole black point, the black card thing, where there's no, it's only for defenders. So you, maybe you see a lot more goals being scored, um, JJ, if there was black cards uh, brought in, as opposed to leaving as it is, because the easy option is just to take your man down and you take a yellow card. But how is, how is a foul get a black card then, like? I mean, it's very extreme. If you're stopping a defender coming out and you pull him down, it's very extreme for a forward to be black hearted like that. Yeah, but forwards that was a cynical, like, like, it, it, a cynical tackle should be. Forwards don't do it as much as defenders. I know, well, they don't do it as much as defenders, but the point is, like, I mean, if you're a point up with a few minutes, with a, you're ticking in injury time, forwards will foul their man tactically to stop the play, sure, you know? I, I'd argue they do that anyway, even if black hearted is there. They would do it at, at that I mean? stage, probably, anyways, yeah. I don't know, I think the black, I think, I do think the PR of the black card being a bit of a disaster in Gaelic football, and now that it's a sin bin, it's getting a lot less bad press mm. because you're off and then you're back on again, and, you know, it adds an extra dimension to the game. In how much can the team make the most of yeah. the extra well, man? Do you know, we did, we did, we had this in Holland there. What was it ten years ago in the league as well? You had a yellow card and you were you were gone off, and you someone else coming on and said you like you've you know tried I mean? it already. So that, that's a that black was, card then, right? Yeah, that was that was. 
probably went on for the league and that was stopped after that, you know, the kind of way. So right. I don't know what the difference is between that and this one now. Like, you know, I know you're much. off for 10 minutes, but it's that, that was just a substitution. And you, you're someone came on and said he, and the player was gone for the, for the game. Yeah. Like. The one thing I don't like, uh, Damien, is the idea that hurling's fine, leave it alone. Hurling is fine. There's absolutely no doubt about that. But this is one little thing that could make it better. Why I don't... The attitude that hurling's fine, leave it alone. I don't know. Like, I mean, it's... I think those cynical fouls, if there was a punishment for them, you might see less of them. Like, that's what I was just trying to... The point I was trying to make, um, uh, column there a second ago, that I, I agree with you. You know, and why not try things in the league to see how it works? It's like, why not try give a sideline ball two points as opposed to one because it's such an exceptional score? Yeah. You know, just little things. But I, 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 I wouldn't mind change and just see how, how does it work? How does it, how does it not work? You know, so I, 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 I'd be all, I'd be all for trying stuff. You know, everything, everything, and see does it work or does it not work? Yeah. Well, listen, there's a, there's an awful lot of hurling people vehemently against it, so we'll see how that works. Mm. Uh, Cody just doesn't want to entertain it for no, whatever but reason. Davy's the same. Davy and a lot, doesn't. A lot of the managers don't want it in. Like, yeah. Looking about, so I don't know. Are, are they being? Do they ask these the managers questions about this now, or are it just it's just the uh, delegates see, are doing it? Like, you know, yeah. No. Well, I. I think, I see Brian Cody's point, but like, I mean, manager, uh, can, existing managers ha, ha, are, are fighting their own battles. Like, I 10 mean, minutes you is a lot in Holland, Oli. Yeah. I mean, you, you're down to 14 men for 10 minutes. It, it could be two or three goals gone past it. Well, it's a very, very, very harsh. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's an extreme. I think it's just... Your like, one then might, might work then because a lot of people want that in Gaelic football as well. Just give a penalty for mm. it, you know, and that's a, a, a bigger... Um, it's it's actually a bigger punishment on yeah. the scoreboard than you know potentially. You're getting your goal scoring opportunity. That you would. That no you're lost you're going for to the score. Foul, but then yeah. if, if you let the forward in, there's no guarantee he was going to score the goal anyway. Exactly. You know, yeah. So I don't know something like that. Now would be more of a. I'd rather push for that rather than the, the black card. To be honest with yeah. you, another kind of so, Okay, Patrick Horgan. We'll move on from that, lads, because we could talk about it all day. Patrick Horgan scored a penalty. Scored two penalties, so there was no numbness in his hands. How is he uh-huh. doing this, lads? <laughs> and he rocketed him to into the net. He got a first penalty. And I just can't understand what the penalty was for. Yeah, it was, it was soft. It was, it was soft. as soft as yeah, you'll ever yeah. see. Very, very soft now, yeah. It doesn't make any sense, but, but the, then, way he, the way he's able to finish the way, them then. I, way, the strike he has on the wall is absolutely phenomenal. Like, you, know, you expect him to score every time he goes. It was just, all of when I've seen the second penalty, I was wondering, well, is he going to go the same corner again? But he just put it in the other corner. He's just a phenomenal free taker and phenomenal it's penalty taker. Phenomenal just, striker with the numb hands. Just doesn't miss, doesn't, never, ever. You never see Patrick Gordon miss hitting the ball. Never ever see him, even right or left, whatever it does, it doesn't make a difference to him. He's just, he's a class what he does. Yeah, no, he definitely is. Were you confused by that red or that uh, penalty, Damien? It, 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 it was Tommy Doyle was fouling him. I don't think even anyone from Cork even appealed it. Yeah, I would agree. I'd say Patrick Horgan was surprised himself. So, it was, but Patrick Horgan is one of the best strikers of the ball in the game at the moment, um, Colm. And I guarantee you, if you asked him, he'd start telling you about the amount of time he perfects striking the ball both left and right and he, I guarantee you he lives in the ball walls and the alleys. He, you, don't, you, don't, you don't strike balls like that by just poor coincidence. He, I guarantee you he spends an awful amount of his time perfecting his game on what we call his striking. Yeah, his no. striking is, impe- is, is impeccable. Simple as that. Yeah, no, it is. It is. And he definitely does. He definitely does. He's, he's an obsessive about practising and practising freezing. On. There was two fluky goals in this that you would kind of associate with an underage club game. And this is senior inter-county level. But like, I mean, Aaron McHugh, the Westmead goalkeeper, let one in. Yeah. Now, this is the winds and the conditions, conditions, you know. And are, are, is, is that a, hand, his hands are probably cold. Is it the cold mm-hmm. hand? Is it the cold hand? Yeah. To be fair, no. His hand was probably freezing. Like, just to give him a small bit of 
credit. I I, I feel sorry for him. But he, for an intercounty goalie, it shouldn't be happening. But in the conditions, you can understand his yeah, hand was probably absolutely freezing. Yeah, no, that was it. It looked like it looked like that. It kind of brought me back to thinking about underage football, and I'm sure it's the same in hurling, yeah. where you kind of have a goalie that's a failed outfield player, and <laughs> any high ball goes in, you're kind of praying. You're praying, you're turning around this, there, yeah. <laughs> that this Over the best. <laughs> straight in between his hands. <laughs> like I mean, but Westmead will be kicking themselves, Damien. Like I mean, they had it back to three points with, to a goal with it. There was 11 minutes left, and they had a strong win. I, t- I see Shane O'Brien complaining a little bit like me um, with the leash game. He says we're naturally very disappointed. There was a huge breeze in the first half and it died off in the second half mother nature <laughs> when, when will it give the weaker bloody counties a chance he said that we yeah, felt well, and, and, and Westmead got some unbelievable scores there yesterday so in terrible conditions and long range scores as well so there, where there was wind and rain and the whole lot so, and they got stuck into Cork which was great to see as well and Cork got a man since off with Cahillan which was a bit reckless being honest and put them under pressure but Cork pushed on but Westmead needs to take a lot of credit I thought they played very well in the conditions and they gave Cork lots of it Yeah no they definitely did Kieran Kingston said skill goes out the window mm. and it's just a battle and I suppose that's the way it is JJ. Uh, so if ever the Leashes and the Westmeads and the Carlos had a chance to kind of upset the odds it was this weekend right? Yeah yeah but um it was just yeah, it does go down to the battle because look, wet ball he could go squirt anywhere, and you see the amount of schmozzes in the game, like even getting extra yesterday, and as well, there was loads of it, and a load of rocks. There was around ten people in there as well, kicking the ball out and trying to win it, and then trying to hit it in space as much as possible. But no, it is down to kind of heart and desire, and who wants to get the ball more than your opponent. That's what it's all about at the moment. Yeah. You know, the kind of and I noticed, Damien, a awful lot of players are going down using the two hands to rise it because obviously with the cold hands again and the conditions, you have to make sure that's coming up into your hand. Yeah, that's like something you tell your, your juveniles when you're, you know, especially in wet conditions, go down with two hands because if you go down with one hand, there's a huge possibility that you won't get it. And it was all through the conditions, Colin. It was very difficult. The players deserve a lot of credit going out there and it's gas. You're on about the conditions. If you were doing a session, you know, on your own, and just say if it was absolutely lashing rain, you wouldn't go out there. You know, if you're doing your own <laughs> one-to-one private session, then the lads would go out in them conditions. It was very unfair. It's very unfair in the players people that had to travel to the matches maybe some players were getting their first chance to try nail down a place or try make a mark or whatever but conditions were terrible and fair play to the players for giving uh, such accounts to themselves but conditions were shocking and, and you're dead right everyone going down with two hands and you don't see much of that as well in intercounter most of go down with one hand to get it up quicker yeah no, exactly. They, de- they definitely do. So, bad news for you, JJ, is that it's six unbeaten now for Davy Fitz yeah. um, over yeah. Kilkenny, which is a sensational record for Wexford to have um, over Kilkenny. Anthony Daly said last night that some players like Paddy Deegan and Hugh Lawler and these lads would never have beaten Wexford. Yeah. He wouldn't be mentioning a Kilkenny dressing room, surely to God. Would it? A stat like that? No, lads, we I have wouldn't to say so. No, I wouldn't mention too many dressing rooms. You couldn't really kind of yeah. admit to something like that. You know, like in a way. So, um, but that's the players, out there. The Daly has said that now. Daly has said that now. So, how will Kilkenny? We'll be thinking of even before the win on Sunday, like you know what I mean. That's, I, know, I haven't won, especially down the Wexford Park. So it's a hard place to go and hard place to win, and it, you're kind of setting down the marker for the year. But yeah, again, it's it's playing on on Kenny Lads' minds now that the next time they do play him, they're going to have to get him over because that's six six in a row, there, is it? It's it's six in a row, yeah. yeah. It's phenomenal. It definitely is, and there's some great hits in this, uh, Damien. Yesterday, Matthew O'Hanlon had a great hit, and Paddy Foley had a sensational hit on DJ's son yeah. um, in the second half. He had to go off after that, like. Wexford and Kilkenny the one thing about this game is the conditions weren't as bad it was a, st- a really strong win but it was blown into one goal so it was one of these game of two two halves kind of things but I don't think it was, had the same horrible conditions we saw in Ennis No definitely not and 
Kilkenny had the wind in the second half and they went to pint up and I thought Kilkenny were going to push on and I'd say Brian Cody will be a little bit disappointed that they didn't push on and win it but Davey pulled out all the the big the big guns you know Keith and he brought on Lee Chin and the, the O'Connor and all these lads to really probably push on and get the win so he did but just on the thing it is a psychological thing I think that um, Wexford the Wexford players won't be afraid playing um Playing Kilkenny and it is a psychological thing, even going down in the championship. Like I, I'd be honest, when we were hurling with Galway, like we never feared uh, playing Cork. And I guarantee you, if you ask JJ, he says Stroud that they never feared playing Galway because they they had won overs. Simple as that, they, they were able to beat us, and you know they, they didn't see much of a threat. But uh, I thought there was some great scores, and again, as you said, there was some big hits. Geez, that was a big hit by Matthew Hanlon yesterday uh, near the end of the game. So it was really putting down a marker as well, but. Uh, Davey has something over Kikini not that it'll worry Brian Cody maybe Brian Cody will use it as a motivation but we have to remember with Kikini they have a lot of players to come back into the squad with the Ballyhale boys and um, the Walshes and a few more of them coming in so uh, I, I think Kikini actually are in a good place this year. I think they're finding players and some lads are stepping up to the mark I know, they definitely are and they seem to have options all over the field now uh, mm. JJ but it's just like even to talk about the impact that Davey's had like Wexford were just cannon fodder for Kenny for an awful lot of years. Like mm. for him to go to come in, turn things around, and really put it up to Kenny physically. It's not like they're standing down to them, yeah, and you, yeah. you know they're 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 ter- they're turning the games into battles. Yeah, and be- not many teams beat Kenny in battles. Yeah, and he's a, it's yeah. just Davy's personality, is yeah, it? Yeah, it's Davy's personality. And and suppose you, t- you look back at the underage and minor under twenty one or last years, probably Wexford would have got the better of Kenny now over the majority of the last few years, which is probably coming through. The players are coming through, but Kenny you can't underestimate the, the Davy Fitz factor now in this. They, whatever you go, whatever team he goes to, there's still a conference there as well. And they have a game plan. They're doing it for the last four years. They know exactly what each player has to do. You see lads coming in, making their debut. You see Joe O'Connor there yesterday, corner back. He was flying around the field. Yeah. And he knew exactly what to do with the ball. Got the ball, man in the best position, go on again for, for the support runner again. Like so, these guys know exactly what the role is. And that's down to Davy Fitz. He drills these into him and said, right, we're playing this way. Kevin Foley's a sweeper. He's always a spare man. But we're working that ball up the field. And if you see an opportunity as a back to go up the field in sport play, you just go. You see the lads, you see them from the outside when you're watching the telly there as well. You see the wing back, is the ball's at the right hand side of the field. Left half back is just gone. Gone into space for the crossfield ball there as well. And that's where they get all their scores from too. But they know they can do that. They know that your man is going to hit the ball over into that space and they know that's why they're making them runs as well because you can make f- three or four of them runs. If the ball's not coming over, you're not going to do that again. So each, they know their, yeah, yeah. their game plan down down to the last. And it's down to Davy Fitz and kind of professional I'd say professionalism he's after bringing to Wexford now is a, is a huge thing and every single player is buying into it too you know so yeah no they definitely are we're going to talk about this uh, this game a little bit more in part two so there's only two other talking points out of it is Jack O'Connor's point in the second half that looked well it was hard to tell by the camera yeah. angles but the telltale sign is that the crowd didn't cheer it yeah. he drove it so high the poor umpires had no had idea too, yeah. is that a good trick for hurlers just to get it up as high as <laughs> he can because yeah. no, umpire just went for the flag straight away he didn't and then he was hesitating he didn't know but the crowd did, did not cheer no. and they had the best and view in the house of it Darren Darren Brendan was very adamant that was wide and you see when the other cornerbacks come over for the far side telling the umpire it's gone wide you know it's definitely gone wide the umpires had a debate as well mm. they did in the yeah, end yeah. Yeah. yeah but is that a good trick yeah. for for confusing umpires, especially from an angle, Damien, because it, like it's a yeah, tough oh, job. Oh, I, I, I would agree with you there. If it's from an angle, if it's from an angle, like hit the ball as high as you can because 
there's a, there could be an umpire there he might have the greatest eyesight <laughs> and, and, um, and the secret is when you hit it from an angle and you you you, um, you put it up high make sure you put your hand up in the air as in like you're letting the umpire know that was definitely a point like, 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 it was a tra- like in a training session when you're you're telling whoever's refereeing the match out in the middle that was a point and he's keeping the scores you but, know? That, but so, that's the thing but coming if, if it's up over the post Right, straight on goals, you can say, right, okay, but mm. coming in from an angle, yeah. if that's over the post, I do have sympathy on umpires he in this was, situation. He was inside like the 21 as well, so the ball was yeah. actually gone over the bar or Quizzed gone it. right, Quizzed even it. before he looked up at yeah. so you know, it. So yeah. just in, interpretation, I mean, that's all it comes down to now for that. Yeah, so there, would underage coaches not say, when you're coming in at an angle, get it up over the, ba- <laughs> over the post? No? Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe and the underage, you might be able to poke it at height. <laughs> no, true, true, true. One other one for you, Damien, before we leave this. Alan Murphy fouls the ball on every single free to the point where I'm not a hurling person but I can clearly see that ball is just ho- being held onto the hurl before he, he, he throws it up is that, or before he throws it up to strike it is that fair enough? It's, it's, uh, it's, it's technically a free yeah. and how is and he getting know, away with it? I don't know it's technically a free if you, if, you, if you want me to answer the question by the rule book it's technically a free and who the call used to do as well uh, Hor- Patrick Horgan used to do it one time a little bit, right? And uh, DJ used to do it a small bit as well, right? But you're asking a question, technically it's a free. Yeah, it's, you're meant to, once you rise the ball, you're meant to release the ball on the rise uh, and, and hit it. It's meant to be a free-flowing uh, motion. Uh, JJ will probably agree with me on this. So you're asking the question, so technically it's a free. Yeah, he's, he's holding the ball on the hurl for that second. It's, a, it's going to be a massive debate again, what you're saying. But yeah, technically it's a free. Yeah, yeah. and it, it, that... I'd know just from being a casual supporter to know that resting it on for that second makes it a lot easier then, JJ. Oh, it does, yeah, yeah. It makes it a lot easier because you're, you're steadying yourself as well. You're not yeah. throwing up the ball and then your, your weight is, is not there. When you throw it up like him and then your weight is perfect before you let the, release the ball and then you go hit the ball in as well. Like, you know what I mean? Your, your, action, your, your action is a lot more clearer by doing it that way. Yeah. And obviously you're not supposed to do it that way, yeah. do you know? The only it's, thing is... It's just a blind eye's turn to this in yeah, hurling, well, I it? think... If you leave the hurl, you're not allowed to touch it again. So I don't know when you leave it. You know that kind of way. That's yeah. the only bit of grey area. It's meant to flick be. up rather yeah. than yeah. hold it up. If you leave the hurl, you're not allowed yeah. to touch once it again. You you hit ball, it. Once you ride the ball, you're meant, it's meant to be released to make you ride the ball. And it's meant to float out in front of you, not, not to be held on the hurley uh, afterwards. That, that, that is the rule. Yeah. yeah, but so it's you're, like the four. You're taking four steps. You take six. You get away. With. Exactly. You know what I mean? it, it's, it's, but in it's in, in a club match in Kilkenny now, and you're playing against his club, and he's at there. Would you not be reminding the referee he's holding that in the hurl? Right? <laughs> going to, no? going to send him on the podcast now before we play him. <laughs> would, that not, would that not be something that you might bring to the ref's yeah, attention? Yeah. Here he's fouling the ball there. Yeah. yeah. Do you know? Or yeah. is he too honourable a game in hurling to No, no, do you, you do what you have to do Willie, soon as that. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the best pa- pa- moments of the weekend was Chris Crummy. He tried to play Gaelic football. He tried to actually block a ball down with Gaelic football. He lost his hurl. <laughs> he chased his man down, tried to block it down Gaelic football style. Um, he got enough pressure on it. He didn't block it down. He got enough pressure on it that the ball wasn't cleared that well. The ball came back in. It went to somebody else who won it. And um, was corner forward, was maybe Hayes at full forward. And who's running past him off the shoulder? Chris Crummy, still with no hurl, <laughs> yeah. gets the ball, bearing down on goals. And I think he just tried to rugby it over the, over the line there. <laughs> you know, he was going to get a try now at the end of the game. <laughs> but even seeing when the, the Carolers were going in at him, he just started laughing. So, look, what else could he do? You know, the kind of way he nearly tried to say he have a couple of defenders to get the ball over the line. But yeah, fair play to him. He just he stayed going. He's seen an opportunity there. He stayed going. But for, uh, yeah, they tried to, to block down without a hurl before, right? But you're doing it on instinct really more than that. And you're kind of after it. 
thank God I didn't block that. So you, you've done it. You've done like, it. But, yeah. it's, so you, but it's just stupid. Like you're you're blocking, yeah. blocking your hurl with, with trying to block with your hands with, with a hurl. Like you know what I mean? There's only one winner there. It's not your hands either. To be fair, yeah. you know. So you just do it, but you're hoping you don't block them down. You're looking away, and after that, you're saying, "Jesus, I got away with that now." What, yeah. you, what was it? What thinking? were you thinking? But yeah. it's a rush of blood to the head, Damien. Because any logical thinking person would not be going to try and block <laughs> block the ball down without a hurl. Yeah, I, I, it is true, but Matty Kinney and the lads, you know, they would be looking for lads with commitment and lads to put their bodies on the line. So, in fairness, even though he knew that he wasn't going to block them down, he was putting your man under pressure so that he wouldn't get a good clearance. Yeah. So that's, that's the the whole uh, whole logic behind it. But what was funny about it was, when he got the return ball, he went in to try to score a goal, and uh, as like it was a free out, the way the camera zoomed in and found him laughing and smiling, and the few of them laughing and smiling with him, it was, it, it was it was good now, so it was, it was entertaining. But um, that, that's what it is. Lads looking for commitment, throwing your hands out there, see if you block it. That's what I put them under pressure, even with our hurl. That's what it's all about. That's it. So you're, you're ba- it's just a message to your manager, really. Yeah. It's like, look at look how I'm still commi- trying. <laughs> I'm still trying. Even <laughs> quick other one before we finish up and go into part two. Willie Dunphy got a ball in the eye. Now it's obviously in the first half. It came down through his guard mm. and hit him in the eye, and yeah. the game had to be stopped. Just wondering if that ever happened to you. And I presume it would be uh, it's clearly an incredibly sore thing. But yeah. I presume the conditions played a part in that. Ah, you would, yeah. But yeah, you misjudged it, or if the ball has come up, someone gets a slight little nudge on it, and you're finna catch it, and you get it in the head or H. Yeah, yeah, it would. Right. It would happen more than you would actually think. That was would it? Yeah. yeah, it would. Yeah, yeah, yeah it would. Very, very and, common. And like. th- that's an injury that has to stop the play because that's not something ah, you can. Something you like can that, flick like, but everyone stops. Any even club game or that, like the whole thing's I know, it's, it's his eye. You know what I mean? It's, right. It's that's kind of very, very serious. You want to make sure he's okay before actually game kicks off there. Yeah, yeah, really. yeah. The referee would just blow the pistol, everyone would stop straight away because you'd be obviously concerned because like, it could very easily happen to yourself so even you'd hear people in the club now over the last, last, last probably 15, 20 years after losing a small bit of sight in the right after getting the ball in it. That's before the, the guards came in now and all that because right. there's a reason why it but yeah, something like that when something happens to your eye you know, you're, you're kind of too serious. Like, yeah, to and it, there, there's enough space in the guard then Damien because players obviously don't want their vision um, impaired so there's enough space for the ball to land in between the, the, guard, the guard and the top of the guard. Yeah, if it was hit hard enough, it actually could get caught in the in the guard. But so it is, you know. And like a hurley can still get through the guard, even clip a lad's nose and all that. Look at everything within reason, uh, Colin. But when you're playing hurling, you you know that these risks are there. It's you know, I might as well say it straight out like that. So you know, hopefully, there's nothing wrong with his eye and he'll be okay. But that you know, these risks are there that you're going to get a belt into the face with a hurley because the hurl or the slitter or whatever. But um, this, this, yeah, the guard, the guard is is designed where it's not going to um, impede your eyesight during the game, where there's a bar in your way with the ball is coming to you that you're able to control it and see it with your with your vision. But there's always a possibility that you're going to get bent mm-hmm. into the face of a hurler ball in the in the game of hurling. Yeah. The guard will take the impact a small bit, but you're still going to get hit in the eye, like yeah. No matter what yeah. you do, That's, it's a dangerous rest. game. Let's be honest. You'll even see. Yeah, you'll even see some lads guards. Some of them, will, you'll see some bars bent on them, and yeah. that's where they've got got bent on them already. You know, but as JJ said, it's it's to take impact. You know, to take the the big belt over it like this. But there's all there's always a possibility of getting the belt into the face. Yeah, yeah. Okay, great stuff, lads. We'll come back and we'll have a bit more of a chat about Wexford and Kilkenny. My mother, Lardy Mercenary, she's dead. She's eight years this year. She never saw me holding live, but she always went to the matches to the hotel. 
the two finals and we got off the bus after the first one and the first person to meet me was my mother and she said, look, what's meant to be is meant to be. She said, keep the head up. I said, grand. No bother, man. Thanks. 96, back to the hotel again, first person <laughs> off the bus, my mother. She says, ah, look, what's meant to be? I said, man, will you give it a fucking ride? <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, Wexford won 16, Kilkenny won 14. And like I watched, obviously everybody didn't watch this live except for the people who went to Wexford Park. So I knew the score. Mm. And if you hadn't known the score, JJ, after 52 minutes, uh, Kilkenny had gone a point ahead yeah. with a gale force wind. How did they not win the game from there? Yeah, I'd say there had been a, a savage opportunity there. But even in the first half, they had a good, good couple of points start and then didn't score for a long time but they were making goal opportunities Walter had a goal opportunity and yeah. John Donnelly had a goal opportunity in the first half and now they, they got points out of it now and Billy Ryan and fairly go McGovern came back and flicked a great ball away from Billy Ryan but they were trying to make goal opportunities too you know what I mean so they, were, they won't be overly disappointed now coming out there because um, of the players that they didn't have out in the field you know and they, they, if you're looking at Wexford brought on Rory O'Connor leech in 45 minutes Dimmer to keep him on 50 minutes so they had to unload the bench now to get the best out of him too you yeah. know so I'd say they'll be happy enough with, with yeah, happy enough with Paddy Deegan maybe centre back you heard well and Killian Buckley got a, a game under his belt Richie Hogan got another 50 minutes under his belt and got 3 points from play so I'd say overall they won't be too bad you know the convey because it, it Put the Wexford that Wexford team to the pinner and collar, but again, again, you be, would be disappointed when you're pointed up with the wind. You think you kick on and, and win that, but again, unfortunately, it wasn't to be like. I'd say they'd be saying in the dressing room after that match, like that they need to keep Wexford quiet rather than keep giving them, you know, confidence yeah, of yeah. six in a row. Like I'd say, that's what they're more disappointed of. Obviously, Cody's a big competitor as well, uh, Damien. I'd say the manner of that loss might sting Kilkenny a little bit in that. You know, the, the last thing they want to be doing is giving these Wexford lads kind of the confidence that they can beat Kilkenny even with a point down against the Gale Force wind. Yeah, well, he wouldn't like being beaten. I, I, Cody wouldn't like it, right? But David Fitz definitely wanted to win that game yesterday and it proves it with the subs they brought. I'm just seeing here, like he brought O'Connor on the 45th minute and he also brought Lee Chin as well in the 45th minute and then he brought O'Keefe on the 49th, and then he brought on Matthew Helen. It's like they were four-season campaigners. But we cannot forget that Kikini have a lot of players to come back into the team as well. And I think Cody is looking for players more than, we'll say, even results. Yes, he would have loved to have won the game, and he'd be disappointed in the manner that he lost it, especially them going ahead with the wind. But Wexford had to empty their bench and bring on four-season campaigners to see it out. But I think Cody will be happy with the form. I agree with JG there. He is lads coming back into the squad that's going to strengthen his whole team. And I'd say Cody will judge himself playing Wexford with his full strength team as opposed to with a squad like that. And I, the answer is, uh, Colm, I don't think it'll bother uh, Brian Cody one bit. This whole this chat about uh, being beaten six times by Wexford. Uh, he'll judge himself this year uh, when he plays him with, the, with his real championship team. And I think he's a good championship team coming. 
Yeah, no, he definitely has. He seems to have loads of options, like I was saying, uh, JJ, hmm. in part one. Connor Brown was cornerback. Yeah. Don't know, like, I mean, you'd, you'd imagine that Murphy and, J- and, and Holden have those two positions tied up, would they? I think Kieran Wallace is after... He played the last few games. I don't, don't recognise that name. Yeah, he's um, he plays for Castle Gomer or Aaron Zone, same as Conor Delaney. You know, he was cornerback the last few games. Very, very impressive. Very, very tight and kind of tigerish cornerback. Good player now as well. So him, Conor Delaney are going to push the, the six backs under pressure. And where do you put Parry Welsh? I think Paddy Deegan would probably say a six this year. He will. He's six tied down by out, the looks of it. Put out wing back, maybe, or even put Parry Welsh up midfield. You know that kind of way, and having an attacking option in, mid, in midfield because Kenny Buckingham played well yesterday. And it's good and important to him game time early in the season as well because he was kind of he kind of hard to get the fitness there the last couple of years and he, he look, looks to be coming back good there as well but where I'd be encouraged is from your midfield on that's where you're missing the guys and yeah. that's where you're Connor Forty, TJ Reeds, uh, Col- Colin Fenley Go on Colin I'll tell you one I'll tell you one aspect that Dave or that uh, Brian Cody wouldn't have been happy with yesterday right and it was just one piece of play he wouldn't have been happy with Connor McDonald catching the ball over uh, New Lawler's head for the goal like you Lawler is his is his natural full back. And JJ will speak about that even. Just that one piece of play that Conor McDonald catching the ball over his head and scoring a goal. That's one piece of play that he wouldn't be happy with uh on yesterday's uh, game. Yeah, no, definitely not. And it, it, that was from a sideline ball, JJ. And like, yeah, high ball yeah, in there. But I always, I'm always of the opinion, Conor McDonald's brilliant in the air. He is, yeah. And Kilkenny's yeah. style doesn't suit him. Yeah. Why don't they give him more of those balls on the edge of the square? Yeah, but I suppose you know he's going to have to learn from that now himself. You can't let Conor McDonald in behind you. He's so good in the air. He just played a hurl and played a hand and then catch it. And in fairness, it's a great finish as well. Little over, yeah, over his head. Over yeah. his head there as well. So he's, he's very, but he is a, he's a natural scorer, but he, he, he just loves scoring goals as well. A goal for Wexford is a huge, huge score because they'll always pride themselves on on having their their extra man back there and stopping stopping the opposition scoring goals. So a goal for them, it, it's huge for. So if you stop Wexford scoring goals, you'd have a, a good chance to beat them after that. You know, was, was there an element JJ of kind of same old problems for Kilkenny in that a lot of puckouts in the second half were going long and Wexford had swarmed that area and they seemed to be coming out with them all and it was like, geez, you may do something different because yeah. we've we've seen Kilkenny kind of fall into that then trap the f- before. The first half, then Darren Brennan's puck were going on his own 45 so Killian Buckley and, and Conor Laney were under a lot of his buckets because they were against the wind and very hard to, to go short for them all time in the second after as well so maybe they wanted to use the element and go along but again we're talking about teams falling into that course of having the wind which as well like you know you just want to get it down there as quickly as possible yeah. and get in around the breaks but then look it didn't work out for them unfortunately but they're, they're going to have to come up with something like there's no point in doing it now in the league when championship comes they're going to have to come up with something because they know Kevin Foley's going to sweep there as well so they're yeah. going to have to kind of work around that now maybe on a, on a summer's day or something like that they can go ping it to the midfield and that kind of stuff as well and when Murphy wasn't there yesterday maybe the first day keeper and Darren just wanted to go along and keep it safe in the second in the second half whereas if Owen Murphy's there he might do you know, he'd, he'd have that kind of money in the bank there that he can try right. a short one as well like yeah. you know that kind of way so maybe something like that but Cody would be a fan of getting the ball on the field as quickly as possible and win your own ball you know but that's the thing and he is but Damien like if you get a couple of long range points with a gale force win from around your own 45 would that not make Wexford have to push out a little bit do you know what I mean because Wexford were just swarming that kind of dangerous area on their own 45 and they seem to be comfortable but that's exactly it and like yesterday I think yesterday as well Colin was a very important game for Wexford because Wexford were after getting beaten by Clare uh, down in Wexford Park and Davey Fitz didn't want to lose another game he didn't want to lose to Kilkenny but he didn't want to lose another game down in Wexford Park because it's like if you lost two back-to-back 
games down in Wexford Park. Next thing, all of a sudden, Wexford aren't going well. You know, they're all the negative coming from the press or whatever. So I think Wexford definitely wants to win the game more than Kikini. It proves it with the subs that he brought on. But uh, the, they, they wouldn't have been happy with the way they played against Clare. So, he wouldn't, so he'd been very happy with the way they finished uh, Wexford yesterday. But uh, Kikini, Kikini are just finding a couple of players. Um, I don't know there would be major changes to their team last year. Did the Barry Hale boys come in? Cody uh, be disappointed that they didn't push on when they were pints up. Yeah, I don't see too many changes from Wexford's or from Kilkenny's championship team um, yeah. last year yeah. either. They finished the first half very strongly, um, JJ, didn't yeah, they? they? Did like, it, I mean, Walter was in. running at them, yeah. and he—I thought he played very well in yeah. that in that period to get yeah. them back into it. He done well, and had a couple of goal opportunities. And Kevin Foley had—he blocked Mikey Carey's. Mikey Carey was going through, and and he had a brilliant block on him, like you know. So if you look back in the first half, they yeah, had three there was or four. an element of look to that though. That but was just got, put was, the hurl up. Yeah, and, yeah. he was in the right place, the right time though. You know, the kind I of thought it came was, off his helmet first. It came off it so fast, yeah. but it hit his hurl. Hit the hurl and come up, but then he made him—he made himself big to. Yeah, yeah. Getting the target there as well, like. But they had three or four goal scoring opportunities they didn't take, and got one of them. They could have been a different different game completely. But after the second half, when they got the goal, I thought they'd go on and kick on after that. But huge last ten minutes for Wexford. You have to give them a lot, a lot of credit now. They've seen it out, and they, they've done it the hard way. What they have got last minute goal, last minute and to win it. They got a couple of points near, near the end, and they were they worked very very well too. You know that kind of way. So you have to say they were very in control the last ten minutes, and they didn't panic and they stuck to there again. You go back to. Their, their work rate and didn't know what, exactly what they're going to do with the ball and they stick to that till, till, till the last minute you know? thing, they were very impressive for the last five minutes mm. even in the injury time um, I thought and uh, Damien the, like they used the ball very well and it didn't look like Kilkenny were going to get back into them they won the they came the, the last uh, part of the game the last quarter of the game they won 5-2 against the wind and Davy said afterwards he said the way we used the ball and our composure in the last seven or eight minutes was very good I thought and you're right it was obviously the, the players they brought on Rory O'Connor gave a great ball down to Dio Keefe yeah. for a late point, point and yeah. how does Dio always drifts in there, how does he do that how does an all star how does an all star consistently drift into place and not be marked <laughs> yeah. how is it possible <laughs> he's in the right place at the right time all the time then, unmarked Dio Keefe then, mm. then gave a great ball down the line so he did with, using complete composure holding up the ball in a real slow solo run yeah. you remember. But he's, such, he's such energy level but, uh, but obviously at the time that he was brought on um uh, column that he had more energy in his leg and he was yeah. probably able to get away from some of the Kikini players uh, and find himself into space but jeez I'm sure the, the old Kikini team the, the one that JJ won all the All-Irelands with they wouldn't be happy as a defensive unit if you left a man all on his own of 30, 40 yards where he can just control the ball, turn and get a score. I'd say that wouldn't be in the mantra or the script uh, down at Kikini dressing rooms. So it would put, uh, also just to say as well um, uh, Colm Kilkenny should have and maybe uh, could have and maybe should have got four goals in the first half. Yeah, yeah. So JJ says, yeah, yeah. You know, but uh, but I thought I thought the four boys in particular for Wexford when they came on made an awful difference uh, for the boys to push on and and win the game for Wexford. Yeah, no, that that definitely. Um, Billy Billy Ryan is a great man to tackle, isn't he? He is. Yeah, now, he's very, very fast. Now he, he made his own goal by yeah. a good tackle, but he's done. He did it on more than one yeah, occasion. He like he gets, it, he works hard and he's lightning fast. But he gets the ball. I like with Billy Ryan, he gets the ball straight for the goal. 
that's what I think maybe it's a change under under with DJ being involved now in the selector that they're going for a lot more goals this year like you got three in the first first two games three each in the first two games they could have got even three more yesterday as well like you know what I mean so that's what we were probably lacking probably last year and the year before was an actual goal scoring threat and then the likes of TJ and Colin then these lads come back in and Colin now is just if he if they are going to go for goals he, he's the best man to get the ball and yeah. going for like so it's encouraging enough from any point of view that they are actually going back looking for the, the harder score which would be the goal rather than an easy score which would be a point well, you know? that's the thing because the game was moving away but didn't Galway win the All-Ireland and they didn't score a goal the whole mm. season was that yeah. did it get one goal I think and, 30 points the, the whole idea was that because there was men back Let's let's use our spare man to get long range points, mm. and that was the kind of analysis there. And yeah. like our team's now going right. Well, let's go start going for goals and be brave enough to work it around them. Do you yeah, think that's maybe if they back your own ability as well? Like as Damien will probably more talk about this more than me. But in regard to when you're a forward, I say you always have a mentality. You're going to beat your back and go for the goal as well. A goal for a forward is a huge thing. It's, it's breaking the, your defender's heart. If having the lad you're marking have gone, gone on and score a goal as well, it's a huge score for for confidence for for a forward as well. Like. Yeah, or as just have Tommy Walsh that won't allow that to happen Damien and pull you down <laughs> exactly but Tipperary did it last year every every opportunity Tip got to try score a goal last year they scored goals and pushed on to win the All-Ireland they, 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 it was a big thing in their training session that if a goal is on or we can try work a goal we'll try score a goal and Shamie Cannon scored a goal in every game in Championship last year but any chance Tip got last year to score goals they went for it. they went for the juggler and it's very important there's too many inter-county players out there column they're getting the chances to maybe take on the ball go for the juggler to score a goal and they're taking handy points yeah. I'm saying it the whole time if you watch it some lads will carry the ball 15 and 20 yards longer and draw the full back or the cornerback and hand pass the ball inside where maybe it's a one-on-one with the goalkeeper and score goals so then Tipperary did it last year and it paid off for them scoring goals yeah, that was always a quality of Kilkenny teams, especially that you were on, JJ, is mm. smelling a goal. Yeah. TJ can do it still. Yeah. But yeah. Sm- seeing that a goal's on, even when I, like, a normal person watching wouldn't really see there's yeah. a goal on now. Actually, the likes of Eddie Brennan, these guys here are just natural yeah. goal scorers. We'd rather score a goal than score a point, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and we were very good though, even when we got one, we got two, maybe three in, in the space of five, six minutes to kill off a team. It's actually just going to come back to your, your black card again. Like, if something like that happens, and before your man comes back on the field, or again, the game could be over. You know, can we just right. think it's in just hurling? Too, it's a big punishment. Steep, like. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, no, I, t- I definitely take that point. Um, yeah, so that's it. So, uh, Wexford six in a row against Kilkenny. Um, we'll have to see how Kilkenny respond back in the championship from that one. Right, we'll come back with performance of the weekend. A lot of people do say, what do you love about hunting? Uh, is, it, is it the fresh air? Is it the great outdoors? Is it the trail? No. I just love killing things. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Performance of the weekend, JJ. And you've mentioned this man already, Joe O'Connor. I didn't know much about him. He's only a young fella. Mm. I was asking the office this morning. He's uh, usually a midfielder. Yeah. And his club converted him last year to a full, full back. back yeah. And he's playing cornerback now. Does that not seem like the perfect mix for a cornerback for Davy? The way he likes cornerbacks to be, you know, to be comfortable on the ball yeah. and let him go forward. And now I'm keeping my eye out for Joe O'Connor nailing down a guaranteed starter position. Yeah, he's, he's only 22. He's put himself in, in, in the running for it as well. Like, what I liked about him was he was marking what for the majority of the game, but didn't mind going forward whatsoever like you know what I mean he, if it was on he went he backed himself to actually go up the field and, and try and get a point he was unlucky in the I think it was the second half he took a shot at the goal but he was unlucky but he seemed very very comfortable on the ball didn't do anything spectacular but got the ball 
man in possession position, hand passed or flicked with the hurl, and Wexford always retained the possession when he had the ball. I said, Davy, you know, would be delighted with the way he, he kind of showed up yesterday, attacking the ball all the time, even against the wind with Walter as well. You're kind of half afraid to go out in front with Walter because he can catch it over you. But he was attacking the ball on, on the ground there as well. So he was flying yeah. now. So he was. Yeah, very impressed with him. If he's a, an ex midfielder, Walter mightn't scare him as much as an, a, you know, yeah, a, a regular runner. Now, back, whether yeah. he'd enjoy Mark and John McGrath now might be, yeah, you, know, you know, that yeah. kind of way. So it might be, though, it'd be interesting to see. Yeah. He's taking all the boxes so far, in a way. No, he definitely is. Aaron Shanahan, Damien, was outstanding. He changed the game. Now, obviously, the wind did die down. Um, but it's some, all the scores he got were nearly the same proper inside kind of marksman where he's running out he throws the ball up and he's hitting it almost before he turns back to face the goals incredible skill he, he's, he's, got, he's a great target man um, Colm so he's, um, and he has had awful injuries so, and a player could get him injury free this year <clears throat> right they'll have a great they'll have a great chance he's another target man with John Conlon and you have to remember do you remember the great game between Galway and Clare in Crow Park where maybe Clare should have pushed on and won it yeah, where he went the to extra time he, he was the one that jumped up and got that great catch and got the great goal and then I felt sorry for him then just as being what we call a hurling person that the following day in Turles he was the one that tipped the ball hit the post if you remember and an open goal but he scored three super points in the conditions again Colin used his power out in front manly stuff caught the ball and he's turning on the he's hitting on the turn which is yeah. always a very difficult thing to do and nailed three super points so he did and uh, I, I thought he was unbelievable when he came on like I think it was the first three balls straight over the bar like as, as a manager you couldn't ask for more but no. uh, he, he's, a, he's a huge find and they'll be hoping they, they can keep him injury free and if they can keep him injury free he, he'd be pushing for a, a, a place on the on the clear senior team this year and put Condon under lots of pressure even though Condon's captain we put him under a lot of pressure yeah, maybe they could play together as twin tar- twin yeah. target men or something like that. What did, I thought Leash disappointed me a little bit with the Gale Force win. They continued with the two man full forward line and left Golden as the spare man, and he was cleaning up yeah. ball. And my opinion on this is the same as football. If you're playing with a Gale Force win, the wind is your extra man. Hmm. You don't need an extra man then. Now I know where you Lennon's an excellent sweeper. He came on as a sub, and he's excellent at it, and he uses the ball well. And a lot of the time, sweepers are used as attacking men, but. There's no point in having attacking men back the field when you've two against three down there and you're hitting it down to them. Yeah, and you've got yeah. and you've got a strong That's win. That's where you use the ball. Like, it makes I mean? no you, sense, if, though, does it? If you're going long, there's no point in doing it because it's only come back up the field. Put three anyway. men down yeah. there and or let's hit just it have to, to your wing forwards or hit thirty or forty yeah. pass it rather than going long against two against three. I'd say it must be a thankless job for the two corner forwards in there trying to battle three was. top tier defenders as well. Like, yeah, you know, it's it's. it's it was. It, it was hardship, and Ross King didn't play well at all, Damien, but because he wasn't getting the ball up in his hurl, but he was being double marked every time he got it now he, he did miscontrol a good, few, a, a good few balls that went into him but I couldn't make I couldn't agree more to you with the wind you should have your three man in, three lads inside and if anything even if the opposition put an extra man back I'd nearly be saying throw your extra player down into the forward that the ball is going to be down there but yeah. uh, they, they, they are definitely you should have, with the wind you should have your three lads inside and the game plan is you're coming from the inline out you, yeah. you know you're not staying the 21 yard line you're, you're going as deep as you can and try to get the lad from out the field to work the ball into a low and hard or diagonal ball or whatever but that would make absolutely zero sense to play two men inside with a gale force wind zero sense yeah, I think it makes zero sense. And mm. like, I mean, you when you look at the JJ, like you're like we we're talking earlier about being full back on a team with that wind, she barely get the ball. No, you won't. What's no, the point in no. the extra man, really? Yeah. Like, can your you're, backs not defend with 
and use the the wind as despair as despair. You, yeah, you're kind of the bad sign. You're kind of you said, look. You go man to man now when we have the wind. You know, can be. There has to be. There has to be one way. Shouldn't be a safety net there when no. the, your wind should be your safety net for argument because the ball should if it's coming in long, it's going to hold up in the air anyway. So it's going to give you that opportunity to go out and tackle it even more. But then if you think about like it's two against three full back line, two forwards against three full back line. But then the keeper is a sweeper as well. Like you know what I mean. So it's two against literally four, and then they're just playing around you. And the two guys are just they're just made, made ages of really. They are. Not and, and, away. and then you're, you're chasing shadows all you're doing, like because and the keeper will come out a goal as well at, as what they're yeah. doing now over the last few three or four different games. Well, their, their keeper always comes out and he's comfortable on the ball there as well. So they start attacks there as well. So it's two against four, like it's two against three. No, like. and like I mean, you're playing against the wind, Ross King and Young Bergen. And they're get, they're living off scraps. Yeah. And at least in their head, they might be thinking, "I oh, will in the second half now we'll get loads of ball." And yeah. they didn't. They did an extra man covering them in the second so half. It's so easy to stop getting stop the fob getting the ball on the day like yesterday as well. Like you know, it's just wet and windy, walking into the ground, kick it backwards. You know, there's someone there just kick it back to them then, and then you're back yeah. out in the attack again. It's hard. Yeah. No, it's, that, that must be a disaster, Damien, thinking that you'll have the wind in the second half. And then, actually, we'll, we'll, we'll mention the next fella who's on the list here, Richie Hogan. So he lives off scraps in the first half. He got a, he got a good point. Um, you know, you're not getting much on the ball, but you accept that. Then in the second half, he scores two outstanding points off Liam Ryan, a bit like Shanahers, where they're on the turn. Mm. And we've seen Richie doing that so often. And then he's taken off after 57 minutes. And the camera panned to Brian Cody on the, on the sideline and the caught Richie behind him and it's always the same with Richie Hogan he always has a face on him when he's taken <laughs> off but like I know Brian might be trying to mind him but he's just after scoring two brilliant points why is he taking him off with the win then? Well see this is it maybe Brian explains this to him afterwards maybe JJ would explain about Brian's man management skills but if he explains to him this he's minding him that's fine but I say myself the likes of um, Richie Hogan would prefer to be left on where he's getting a bit of confidence back into his play and getting hurling into his body and be able to be out 70 minutes like this. But the whole thing comes back to the whole concept of when you're playing in the inside forward line, you have to have the greatest patience unknown. That's number one. And number two, when you're playing inside, you have every possibility of being shaken off before the game ever starts. If you're corner <laughs> forward or off. And you do, you can see to like, go through the games that were played, how many corner forwards were taken off oh, yeah. last time. You know, You'd never get a corner for and he might have pushed the ball or he's living off scraps and management go right that you know your man is living off scraps and we throw him out midfield there for fifteen minutes and just see how he gets on out there. It just doesn't happen. You know, it's 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 interesting, but yeah, may, maybe Brian Cody is trying to mind him he's living off scraps, but I'd say myself, Richie Hogan, maybe he's a bit like myself, I'd say he'd he'd prefer to be playing matches and getting on the ball and getting confidence into his game uh, so he can push on in the summer when they really need him. Because yeah. they will need him. They will need it. Yeah, there's one way of looking after him, JJ, and then there's the other side of it. Cheese wouldn't it be great to get a, get him full of confidence yeah. when he's playing well. Do you yeah. know there's a balance there that I'm not yeah. sure Brian got I right. Be too sure that Brian told him why he took him off either after the game. So. To be honest with you, you know what I mean. He just took off. That's the decision made. That was it. But I'm hoping it was kind of mine him because he was coming into the game as well and with the elements and he had a great battle. with Liam Ryan is is, is top notch full back there as well. And he had a good old battle with him too. You know, so no, I can disappoint to see him go off when he did. To be honest with you, but. 
I still very very happy to get him having 50 60 minutes under his belt there as well and he played against Carroll as well so you'd be hoping now he get more game time in, in, within the within the, the league itself but yeah I'm hoping it's just minding him but and hoping it's not an injury or anything like that now but uh, no I wouldn't say Richie was holding his breath now to find out how he was talking off no. well, you just couldn't ask <laughs> right, him could no, you no? no you wouldn't ask what, him no. what would he, he say? wouldn't tell you either like, so it makes right. a difference you know? would he tell you to go and don't be annoying him or would he say oh, that's, a, that's I, a selector I don't know if, know if ask him yeah so you may go ask the selector instead now, rather than buying him I can answer see I'm intrigued by Cody I'd always go and ask Like I, it would be on my mind I'd be like Brian what, what happened here I wouldn't be able to just wonder I would say are you minding me or did I do something wrong <laughs> yeah, tell me <laughs> tell me I can't sleep at night Brian um, Tony Kelly uh, Damien is 8 points 4 from play 4 from freeze he's a level above everybody else in the field as usual and midfield is absolutely suiting him because midfielders don't mark each other and that's the tradition of midfielders they played their hurl their own ball and in Gaelic football is the same thing it, poor Brian Fenton now is starting to get man-marked God help him um, <laughs> but generally they don't get man-marked and he's able to come and go as he pleases Yeah well the, the thing is Colm the Peter Duggan is gone so also at the moment so uh, Tony's taking the freeze which will also bring confidence into his game right and he's playing midfield and he gets the elite of life there but if you if you study the games and I'm, I, I suppose I'm studying Claire a lot more because I'm I'm based down here, but also I'm very friendly with Sean Tracy who's training them. So I, I've kind of uh, a special interest in them. But if you watch what they're doing, when he takes a free, especially that's in the far line, he goes straight to full forward. Right, so he, he waits does, in there. Right, and So he waits in there. So if you, if you know a few times, the ball was poked out and Nick came back in. He was actually in around the full forward. So once he takes the free, he goes straight to full forward and the clear Holland team set up. The, the player set up in positions to get ready like this and then what can happen is Tony then floats back out the field and the full back might want to pick him up and next he gets on to another loose ball and he throws it over the bar and people still think he's playing midfield right. but he's actually so he's actually floating from 14 to midfield you know and lads are rotating in and out which will suit his piece of play but at the moment uh, Tony Kelly's going really well and it's brilliant to see because you want the good hurlers all going well but I am very impressed with the clear management at the moment I think I think they're nicely tuned in and they're, they're finding players but that's what's happening with Tony he's taking freeze and if they're anywhere in around the centre forward full forward line region he then sets up at full forward and next thing the ball might come in, come in but he moves back out in the full back might follow him and he gets onto a ball and he throws over the bar but Tony's flying at the moment he's going really really well Yeah no he is I can imagine that causing a lot of confusion yeah. JJ because like I mean your full back he's on you because his man obviously when he's taking the free his man covers covers. Yeah, your man will cover Tony's man so yeah. he's gone out and you're like oh well he's covering him there yeah. wait you know that's normal and now Tony's in on you Yeah, and now Tony's gone back out and you're wondering, you know, in the changeover, these yeah. lads suddenly end up being free. Yeah, it's very, very good man management as well and getting the best out. You want your best players on the ball as much as possible. And this is what we're asking the last three or four years. How, how do you get the best out of Tony Kelly? And obviously, they're, they're trying everything out at the moment just to get him on the ball and get him loose baller as well. But yeah, 100%, if you're full back seeing him coming in, then you see Tony going out the field, you'd be happy enough to let him off. And right, so let's pick him up yeah. in another kind of way. Because again, does, does the full back go and leave it wide open around the middle? If he does clear winning as well, because if like Aaron Shannon in there wins it against the corner back, he's turned it's a straight pathway in to the goal as well. So even if Tony doesn't get the ball, he'll bring the full back out. It's ideal for them as well. Like, yeah, you know, no, it makes sense. I like those little things. Yeah, 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 I like those little things. Like, I mean, it keeps you kind of thinking. I'll definitely uh, keep my eye out for Tony Kelly taking freeze from now on. There's another one, uh, JJ. Rian McBride scored four points from play for Dublin, midfielder from St. Vincent's. He made a breakthrough under Pat Gilroy and missed a bit of last year. Started the league really well last year, then got sick and injured and college exams and he didn't play in the championship. But he's back 
Um, he's one to keep out for keep your eye out for four points uh, from play for him against Carlo. Um, yeah, I didn't see that game. So Run Hayes for me looks like a great target man. He's catching balls against Leash and he caught a few against Carlo the other night as well. Um, they're they're definitely ones to look out for. I think they they play Wexford in Croke Park in the next game, so yeah. that'll, that'll be a good one. So performance of the weekend, I'm going to give to Joe Connor. Because he did very well, and I like this kind of. I like converting players. I just like. I just like converting players, yeah. and uh, it's definitely one for people to keep your eye out for. Joe Connor. He's a cousin of the other two O'Connors, Jack and um, Rory. So there you go. Joe Connor performance of the weekend. Right, that's all we've time for. We'll be back on Thursday, and we'll preview next weekend's matches. We'll talk to you then. Good luck. And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going. So I opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are, and uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Warford today because, like, I'm hard, I'm heartbroken. <laughs> deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.